Hello, comics and bars, throwing axes, listeners. Thank you for tuning in today, because I got a treat for y'all. I've got one of the bubbliest, funnest, just coolest redheads out of Cheyenne, Wyoming. Came down to the podcast, new axes for the first time. If you're guessing Megan McCart, you'd be right. Megan is straight out of the Cheyenne, Wyoming comedy scene. She's a really fun gal, and I'm so happy that I got her down on the podcast to throw some axes. She joined us at an open mic at Blush and Blue afterwards. One of the coolest chicks you're going to find, and you'll find out that she's got a project she's going to need your help on, guys. So if we got any producers, any animators out there that want to get together for a really cool cartoon idea, hit up Megan McCart. We'll get into that a little bit later. Everyone, podcast, universe, comics, bar, so, and axes, please give a nice warm welcome to Megan McCart. Watching her currently. Because the kids, and so they, I mean, I've seen every season, and then, yeah, whenever I do this podcast, I'm doing commercials, I'm always like, in five, four, <laughs> three, two, like all Freddy. <laughs> but, yeah, Megan McCart, comedian out of Wyoming, Cheyenne. Hi, how are you today? <laughs> how was the drive? It was good. I got to speed the whole way. Oh, nice. It was really nice outside. It's really nice outside today. What is up with that? Um, I talked nice. a little bit, and it was just a great drive. Mm-hmm. I've taken some gender studies. What I've heard is females will face each other when they talk. Oh, like this? And dudes face not each other when they yeah. talk. <laughs> yeah. So I'll do this, and we'll do the face-to-face thing. <laughs> See. How long have you been in the game now, Megan? Um, well, I started in November, actually, so okay. just pretty recently. You're a baby. You're a yeah. comedy baby. Yeah. Aww. I mean, I've always been interested in comedy since I was young. Like, I would make really weird shows, like, with my camera recorder, because I had a Barbie camera. I also took, like, film classes, and I was in media productions class in ninth grade. Nice. But I embarrassed myself, because I was doing hand gestures to go with everything, and it was live. And I did Ann Corndog and did this thing to my mouth. And I didn't know why it was funny because I was in ninth grade, but then growing up, I'm like, oh wow, I, I was a comedian then. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. You usually catch the bug like early in life and then it doesn't develop till like way later. Well, and also, too, I convinced a whole group of people at the Green Door that I was a stand up comedian like four years ago. And all these dudes were like, where do you do stand up? I'm like, when I get on the stage. Whatever stage. They're like, but no, like for real, like we want to come see your stand-up. And now I wish I could get in contact with these dudes and be like, here, you can come see my stand-up now. Yeah, so if people did, let's answer the question for America then, if people did want to see Miss McCart doing stand-up, where do they got to go? Um, well, mostly I've just been at Dillinger's. I record all of my sets and put them on Instagram and Facebook. My Instagram is McSassyPants. But I want to go and do more stand-up down here in Colorado now that things are getting more open. Because yeah. I started doing this in the middle of a pandemic, so... I mean, you and me both. I started in 2018, so I'm kind of... I consider myself a comedy baby, too. And yeah, 2018 was great. Momentum was gaining. And then the pandemic hits. It just took it all away. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's made things a lot weirder than they normally are. Like, people don't want to talk to each other anymore. Like, I think that, like, if you're in a group, like... And it's outgoing because of the social distancing thing. People don't want to talk to people outside of their group as much. In Colorado, but in Wyoming, it's a lot different because everyone in Wyoming thinks COVID is a conspiracy. Yeah, Wyoming people don't care at all. They don't give a fuck. It's They're crazy. just like, oh, it's not real. This is, I'm like, this girl one time on Facebook, she's like, it's like Ebola. It isn't real. Wow. I was like, okay, you want to tell the guy who got <laughs> Ebola that's not real? <laughs> yeah, no, I remember, remember wearing a mask at these open mics and just getting, like, crusty from the audience just like why are you wearing a mask who are you 
are you better than me or something? No, dude, I'm just not trying to spread the pandemic. Dude. Yeah, like, I worked at a clothing store uh, at the beginning of the pandemic last year. And so when we were able to open back up, because it was Plato's Closet, so they had to be really strict and they closed the store down because they buy gently used clothing. So we had to have really strict rules about how it had to be in an open container and everything had to be washed and folded, which is the standard for them. But then you also had to wear a mask, and we provided masks that you could buy for $2. They weren't very expensive, but people were always trying to find a way to get out of wearing a mask yeah. or telling us that like oh we won't be shopping here i'm like oh cool we don't want your business right. it'd be nice if you could say that to customers yeah i know because the customer's always right yeah, you know quotes for sure <laughs> this is your uh this is your first time at the greeley hatchet house thanks for coming down what would you think How'd i you liked do? it um i got one so yeah. that was cool <laughs> yeah, that was stuck that was really cool that was what a four-pointer or something i think so yes yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, the point system uh, with hatchet throwing, it goes one through six, six is the bull die, and then I just learned that the uh, kill shot is eight now. I thought it was 10, so I was embarrassed by that. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a, it's a good time. I like, I like this place a lot. Come during the weekday. They're completely empty right now. They got like two reservations, but you gotta get it. Come during the weekday if you want the place to yourself. Reserve it, book it. The weekends are crazy. I'm gonna warn you right now. The weekends are crazy. Every lane is filled on the weekend, so get here during the week. I mean, that's kind of like restaurants. Like, restaurants are always busier on the weekends. Yeah. I mean, this is a pretty nice little date spot, dude. I mean, restaurants are always... Yeah, and like Luna's Tacos cool is really close to here. Yep, Luna's is right there. Very nice little location. I like this place. They just started the league, too. Like, I didn't get a chance to get in on the league. Oh, nice. But that'd be cool. Way cooler than there. bowling leagues, yeah, <laughs> or pool leagues. Are you a big billiards person? Um, no, I just like to play for fun, but I'm not very good at it. But I've worked in a bar for over six years, so yeah. there's always like pool leagues that come in, and they honestly they are the worst tippers. They don't tip very well. It's like mm -hmm. it's like yeah, the bar's providing a place for you to do this, so you should you know. Reciprocate. What is good tip etiquette? Tell the audience what good tip etiquette is. I've always thought it was $1 per drink. Well, so $1 per drink is like a fair, you know, because drinks can be kind of cheap. Or like at the end, you tip about, I'd say, 20% of whatever your bill is. Oh, your tab, okay. Like if you run it up and then you just tip at the end, like 20%. And then if they do an awesome job, then like go up and beyond. Like I've gotten a received. 100% tips before nice. um, and like it was insane because I looked at the number and I was like there's no way this is possible money 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 makes the world go around I wish it didn't sometimes yeah. like we could just trade jokes for things that'd be nice I mean like when I was in California there was this homeless guy and he was like I'll tell you jokes for smokes and he told me so many jokes <laughs> I gave him a whole pack of cigarettes <laughs> and then we we decided it was a good idea to just go and hang out with this guy because we were like 20, my friend was, he just turned 19, and then my boyfriend at the time was 21, and he bought this homeless guy a, like a handle of rum, and we got drunk with him behind a bush um, on in Santa Monica. And then, like, he kept asking people coming out of restaurants, he's like, are you emotionally attached to your leftovers? And he got so much food that way, like, uh, people, like, I've never heard somebody say that before. I don't, I don't think I've ever been emotionally attached to my leftovers. Unless they were Luna's leftovers, and they're the carne asada fries, I get emotionally attached to those, I do. I like, um, for leftovers, I like pizza, like cold pizza. But usually leftovers, I'm not very good at eating, unless no. I've made it at home. 
I, I will do like the weird thing where you turn leftovers into something else and pretend it's something completely new, but it's just old food reheated. That's what I do when I cook food at home. I just make it for different things. Like that's what you do after Thanksgiving. Like you take the mashed potatoes and the turkey and gravy and you make uh, mashed potato turkey bombs. Mm. So you like shape the mashed potato kind of like a ball, put gravy in it, put turkey in it. And then another layer of the mashed potatoes on the other side, lightly batter it and fry it for about five minutes. Ooh, you've done that before? That yeah, seems, that it's, seems exhausting. It's, it's really good though. It's, oh, sure it's so it worth it. It's great. Anything, anytime I have to stuff something for cooking, I'm just like, uh, stuffed meatballs. <laughs> They're great. But just, uh. Yeah, it's a lot. I like play Cooking Mama when I was a kid on my uh, DS, so I think that's why I enjoy tedious tasks like that. So you, so you love cooking, but you became a bartender. Oh, I'm not a bartender. I'm a dancer. Okay. I wish I was a bartender. But never, you never thought of like kitchens or anything? Oh, I, mean, I work at a restaurant too. I'm a friend of the house person. I don't think I could be in the back of the house because mm. a lot of those people have face tattoos yeah, and felonies hardcore. and I, I'm like, no. Kitchen sound hardcore, man. I'm a little bit softer than that. One, I've also worked in restaurants in Texas because I used to live out in Texas. Sure. I've lived in Arkansas as well, and the people in Arkansas are really interesting. They worked at Popeyes. Popeyes in the deep south. That's gotta be. <laughs> kind of crazy oh yeah no like all the people who come in were really serious about their chicken and we were always like on a wait for fresh fried chicken because it was so popular and they did like mill mills on certain days of the week and we had people screaming at us because we weren't frying their chicken fast enough right. yeah there's a i heard there's like chicken sandwich wars in america right now like popeyes what? versus the popeyes chicken sandwich versus like the rv's chicken sandwich now or something and versus chick-fil-a like, or kfc just, yeah i don't know it's just like there's a war there's on chicken a, sandwiches. There's a, lot, there's a war on fast food anyways. Yeah. Like I like the Twitter feed where other restaurant like fast food chains roast each other. Yeah, Wendy's but Wendy's is savage. Mm -hmm. Like I love Wendy's. I've been told I look like the Wendy's girl. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> Yeah, when I had long hair, I used to wear a lot of pigtails, and that's when I got that a lot. But then I decided to chop all my hair off. Yeah, no, it looks good. I like the haircut. Thank you. Yeah. Let's talk some more comedy then. Why comedy? Why um, comedy, Megan? I yeah. like to make people laugh. I laugh like I have a really loud laugh. It's very spontaneous. Very and like, um, even if like I'm at a stand-up open mic and nobody's laughing at the comedian at least if i'm laughing it sounds like the whole room is laughing and i, I just enjoy humor like it's my coping mechanism through my life and my childhood traumas do you believe that comedians have to have some sort of tragedy in their life in order to do comedy not necessarily because i've like met comedians that had a really good life but they're actually really funny or they like they they're sober and they're still really funny Actually, I had this girl I went to school with. Her name is Hannah Delu, and she does stand-up down in Las Vegas. But I've known her since sixth grade, kind of. I was an acquaintance, and she's always been really funny and kind of a heckler. So I'm, I'm happy to see her pursue that. And I was like, you know, Hannah can do this. I can, I can do this, too. That's a lot of motivation. Sometimes <laughs> you go to open mic like, these fools are doing it. I can totally post this. <laughs> What are some of your favorite comedians? I really like Sarah Silverman. She, she's like what kind of is one of the comedians that inspired me. Bill Burr. I love his podcast. There's this one podcast that always sticks with me about how he's like on the plane and this guy is just really annoyed by him and is, keeps calling him a terrorist. And he actually came to Cheyenne, Wyoming and he was at the Civic Center and I didn't get to go to that show because it was sold out. But the bar I was at 
he happened to be there and I was outside the smoking area and my friends all met him and didn't tell me that Bill Burr was there and they're like oh well because you're a girl we didn't think that you liked comedy and mm. I was like that's really sexist yeah it's really stereotypical because I, I, I know it's not true but oh, what definitely. do you think plays into that stereotype I don't know like men might not think women are funny because they are small minded and they think women are for making babies and bringing them beer well and like I've met people who don't have a sense of humor like they don't laugh at anything and they they're all serious all the time and I'm a very sarcastic person and so I was seeing this guy for a couple weeks and he just didn't get my sarcasm he's like you're a mean person <laughs> and I was like oh okay you must not really have a sense of humor then. So your sarcasm isn't gorilla humor. Your sarcasm is straight up, I'm joking with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes, like, at the bar, I have to be really sarcastic and kind of short with dudes because they're really dumb and they're like, oh, you want to go home with me because of my job? And I'm like, and they're really stupid. Like, everything that I say to these men like, just, like, goes over their head. And they mm. think that they're being really smooth and that I actually like them because I'm laughing, but I'm laughing at them and not with them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a stereotype for sure. And even with bartenders, like, what what is it about? You see a bartender and it's female, you think you can take him home. I never understood that. Every female bartender I've ever met is either engaged or has a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So I don't. No or they're lesbian, yeah. like, they're, or they're just asexual. They're not interested in romantic or sexual relations with people. I don't know. Some guys are just really set in that old mindset of like how things used to be. And women were just like to be married off and they like, provide you with children because we needed to make the population larger. But now that the population is really large, I think that times have changed and people are seen in more different like equal parts. Like men and women can both do the same types of jobs. Yeah. The thing that really bothered me this last couple of years was what happened in Fort Hood. That whole thing. I didn't hear about that. A lady, she didn't welcome the advances of her commanding officer or somebody that was in there, and the guy ended up taking a hammer to her head. Oh, dang. And taking her out. And, uh, and everybody, all the officials in Fort Hood, pretty much, I think they indicted like 23 people so far, were in on it and were covering for this guy. And this was a female soldier in the United States military. I mean, that broke my heart to hear that because, you know, you always... I, I look up to female soldiers. <laughs> Me <laughs> I'm too. very intimidated by them. Because like, <laughs> I couldn't do that. I'm not, like, strong enough to do right, that. Yeah, but I... Like, you're like, these are badass women. Yes, like, badass women, and then they're just getting taken out by their brethren, and that just really... That's really upsetting. Really, really sad, yeah. Because growing up, for me, like, women were the matriarchs mm -hmm. in Hispanic you know, families. You don't fuck with the women. Oh, no, family. definitely not. Yeah. So... You know, I just, it's its hard to still watch, I guess. Well, and then too, and like in the European culture, like really like white old couples, the woman is like, oh, she's like the homemaker. And it's like weird to see like old fashioned relationships and those stigmas still stick. If a man wants to be a stay at home husband, that's cool. But I also feel like we live in a society where we both need both incomes to make it in this world. Yeah, especially these days, unless you're Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Didn't he step down recently? He's not like head of Amazon anymore. He's just like, I've got enough money. I'm going to go. I haven't been on my yacht for a few hours. <laughs> that must be nice. I wish oh, I could geez. start a, a million dollar company, but I also wouldn't like keep all the money. I would probably make everybody who work, work for my company a shirt owner be because cool. I feel like everybody should profit. Like, that's why I originally really liked New Belgium before they got bought out by a different company because everybody who worked for New Belgium Brewing Company was it a 20% shared owner of the company. And so they had really good benefits and they were making really good income. 
because of a successful business mm -hmm. and they make really good beer. Who bought them out? I remember being so sad when I, when I found out. I'm not, I don't remember. It wasn't Anheuser-Busch, was it? It wasn't no, like a major so. one. so. Yeah. I think it was a company out of Australia. Yeah, that's right. But I don't know the name of the company that bought them out. But they changed like the recipe for a fat tire. They, it used to taste a lot better and I can tell the difference after they switched owners. So and the taste of the the quality and the ingredients. Just because I know a lot about like the beer process sure. and the malting process, because beer's always been like one of my hobbies. I, I kind of want to open a brewery that's also a comedy club and also has live music, because that's, you know, a lot of breweries are doing that and utilizing their tap yeah. rooms that way. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good thing to do to bring the community more together in times that are hard. Every every wine bar, every distillery, every bar that I know right now is doing some kind of live music. Which is nice because like a lot of musicians can't perform at big concerts. And it's really sad because that was most of the majority of how I spent my time was going to concerts. Yeah. And that's how I'd meet people and make connections for myself and my like, goals in life. And now that I can't do that, it's a little bit sad, but like after doing the open mics, it's kind of starting to feel a little bit more normal and connected to other people. I yeah. do miss live music though. Yeah, I miss concerts big time, for sure. Every time I go out and I'm uh, doing stuff around town here in Greeley, because Power Man's supposed to be coming to the Moxie soon. Everybody and their dog is like, is that Power Man concert coming? It's, it's still on, right? That Power Man concert's going to be coming. I'm never familiar yes, right? with Power Man. What kind of music is that? Power Man 5000 is, I want to say it's 90s metal. Okay. You know, and it was it's stuff that I listened to when I was in high school. And the last Power Man 5000 concert I went to, had this huge mosh pit, man. like really great mosh pit. So you know how sometimes your glasses are loose? Oh yeah. And you gotta wear, just a pro tip, just out of my own personal history. If you wear glasses and you go to mosh pit, get one of those bands that holds it to your head. Because what happened to me was I got moshed and my glasses went flying. And then did they break? I don't know, because they you went to the ground. Them. Yeah, I started looking, and in a mosh pit, you can't go to the ground because no. everybody keeps picking you up. So I'd be on the ground, I'm blind, looking for my glasses. Everybody's picking me up every time I looked for them. So I left that concert blind and deaf. It well, was you're a good like, like a Velma in that moment. Like, yeah. my glasses, I can't see without glasses. I have a similar experience with um, glasses, my glasses at a concert, because I also wear glasses. I was at Red Rocks, and it was the last year that they did Global Dance at. Red Rocks, it was the third day. I was listening to this like local DJ and she was dropping the bass really hard. So I was like getting down and my glasses flew off oh. of my face and they broke on the bottom and like oh. the lens popped out. And I was like, you know what? I'll just figure this out later. And then I couldn't find my friends later on mm. because I couldn't see. And this yeah. guy, he actually broke his glasses the same way and showed me a trick that he was doing to help find my friend. Yeah, that's the other thing I miss about live concerts. Like everybody's super cool with each other. Mm-hmm. It's there. like a sense of community, like there's like the a lot of camaraderie, like because people are all there at that concert for the same reason, mm -hmm. and so you have that as a similar interest, and so it's easy to like connect with these people because you already have something in common. Let me get some of that in open mic, man, because I've noticed a lot of these open mics is people will bring their crew and their click, and then their click will stay for their set, and then it's over. Like. All of a sudden, like ten people just that's, left the room. That's how people in Cheyenne are. Is they're very clicky. I've noticed they just because grow, growing up in Cheyenne, 
Like if you weren't part of a friend group, it was really hard to get into that friend group. But me, I was a floater, so I was yeah. friends with everybody. Yeah, well, here. more like acquaintances, because I wouldn't consider everybody like my close personal friend. Because I spent a lot of time by myself, more so than with other people. But I did like to socialize. I just, as a teenager, I thought all the other teenagers were kind of stupid and had really weird priorities. Yeah, I was a bit of a chameleon too, I would say, when I was younger. And just not, a lot of friends, just not a lot of really close friends, but I could fit in anywhere I went. Yeah, I mean, my thing was is I made everybody laugh all the time. Like, they're like, Megan, we want to hang out with you because you're, you're really funny. Nice. So uh, that's always like, you know, I could do stand-up. I, I've been told I'm funny like my whole life, even since I was a little kid. Comics and Bars, Throwing Axes is brought to you in part by 477 Distilling. Find them at 477distilling.com. It's hey, hey, ho, ho. Not going to 477. It's got to go. Hey, hey, ho, ho. That's right, because it's the new spring menu, everybody. The new spring menu is out today. Get on down. Check out some of the really fantastic, tasty, scrumptious, delicious cocktails that they have at 477 Distilling. Check out the full menu at 477distilling.com. Check out the new spring menu. Well, stand-up isn't, I mean, it's, it's, it's on the bucket list for a lot of people, but a lot of people still tend to put stand-up on a pedestal, I think. They think it's harder than it really is. You know, and true, there's like a, a million different skills you have to master when you're up on stage, but the basics to get started are pretty similar, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, it's like anything. You, you might suck at first, but like Jake the dog says this in Adventure Time, but he says suck, sucking at something's the first step to being sort of good at something, and that's really accurate. All the wisdom from cartoons. I get all my wisdom from Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty's a pretty, like, out there cartoon. I actually, season five, damn it. I actually want to make cartoons. Yeah? Animation? Yeah. Um, I've been writing this cartoon for eight years called Bong Avengers. Why don't you talk to Caius? I have talked to Caius, yeah. yeah. Get Caius in on that, um, so he's got some buddies in cartoon. I, it's just, it's been, like, a huge process because I've been writing it, and it's, I want to animate it. I just don't have the technology to animate it yet because I don't have the funds. So I'm trying to build up my credit so I can get a loan approved so I can start getting equipment for my animation because I want to produce it for myself and I don't want to work for another company. Like, I used to want to work for Adult Swim, but I don't want to be told what I can and can't say in yeah, my cartoon. Control. Yeah, I get that. Are you more like freehand animation or are you doing like graphic design on computer um, animation? I like freehand animation. Um, I really like the old school like flip book, like hand-drawn animation because that's just really, it's really old school. Nowadays you just see a lot of like three-dimensional digital animation. And I kind of want to step away from that and make cartoons a little more like how I remember them from my childhood so I can appeal to like people my age and maybe a little bit younger and a little bit older too. There's a, there's a cartoonist in Denver that also is part of the comedy scene and I want to say his cartoons look like he worked for Rick and Morty. Like it's very similar, I don't know. I should definitely talk about that because I'm sure he's got some insights. Yeah, it's awesome. I always like to connect with people who are like into animation because they have a lot of pro tips and like as like other comedians like hanging out with other comedians, they can give each other like positive feedback and like anything that you do, you're always going to want that constructive criticism because you can always make your stuff better and you can always do something more right. 
So is Dillinger's the only experience you've had with comedy then so far, as far as open mics go? So far, yes. Okay. And then I did one open mic at Scooters, but it went right. it went miserably. Tell everybody about Scooters. What, okay, I so, keep hearing all these so different stories. Scooters is a interesting bar in Cheyenne. It's been there for a long time. And my mom said it used to be this pizza place before where it's at, but like it's an older bar. And so it's an older crowd, and it's just like a little dive bar. Definitely like cowboy dive bar. It's, it, it's very interesting. So the crowd is older and they're usually really sloshed when they get there because they make their drinks pretty strong there. Like honestly, Cheyenne is full alcoholic, so you can get a pretty good strong drink at most of the bars downtown. Sure. So they were just all drunk and like thought they were funnier than all the other like the stand-up comedians. And it's like, do you want to get up here? Because if you're up here, you wouldn't want me to be talking over you. Mm -hmm. You'd want me to sit and listen. So it's a room of hecklers, huh? Yeah. They, but you get that. Yeah, I mean, every room is different, though. Every room. Like, Dillinger's is probably one of the best rooms to do because it's so supportive. But the crowd doesn't necessarily stay for the whole show, so mm -hmm. you may not get the best read on jokes. Other rooms, like there's a hangover bar in Denver. Holy crap, dude. You think Scooters is bad? Well, Hangovers I mean, become like the new Squire. I mean, it's a hango it's called the Hangover right. Bar. Of course, everybody there got really plastered the night before. A, I mean, it's just a tough crowd, really tough crowd. Like, it was one of those where I remember I had Brent Dobler on the podcast, and he was talking about how in a room like that, silence is your win. Like, you're not going to get laughter, but if you get them to be quiet for, like, a second after your joke, then that you take that. Yeah, I remember you. hearing that in that podcast that oh, I listened yeah. to. Because I listened to that um, the night that he headlined at the Moxie. Yeah. It was a good show. Was there was a heckler show. that night, too. Did he get one? Not him, not but him, Jeremiah. Yeah, Jeremiah. Yeah. And it was a lady heckler, too. What is up with all the Karens heckling <laughs> shows? I mean, I have a whole thing about, like, Kyle's or, like, the male Karens. Yep. Kyle or Chad? Yeah, Kyle. Well, a lot of the Chads I've met are, they're nice. They're not like Karens necessarily, but they're like very bro-y and they like yeah. just want to bro out. Chads are bros, Kyle's are Karens. Okay, I'm learning. I'm learning <laughs> new millennial stuff or whatever. But yeah, every room, I'm excited for the Cheyenne crew to see the rooms in Denver because everyone is different and you're going to learn different skills. Well, and that's why I want to, I want to be more rounded because like for me, performing has always been a big part of my life and like I'm like an exotic dancer for six years and so I've traveled to different states to dance and every state every club is different that you dance in because some clubs you're not gonna you might not attract anybody because they might not like what you got and then you might not make money or the girls are really mean and or the audience like the dudes who go there aren't really looking to tip the dancers they're looking for drugs or like hookers and I'm not a hooker and I don't want to sell people drugs so sure yeah that's always weird when you see like when you're at an open mic and then you see all the drug deals going down you're like oh that's why you guys came. <laughs> you didn't come for the comedy you came for the cocaine cool <laughs> even though like I feel I feel like buying cocaine in Cheyenne is just kind of stupid yeah I, I think, can't imagine the purity in Cheyenne I think buying cocaine anywhere is stupid because it's a very expensive drug that lasts about like 15 minutes yeah, the 15 and then you have to keep that. doing it to enjoy it. It's, it's a rich like, man's drug. It's like just like do some Adderall like a normal human being. <laughs> do some meth. <math. laughs> <Really. laughs> 
like the rest of us. Cocaine's <laughs> too expensive. Way too expensive. It's a rich man's drug for sure. Man. Well, and you just think it's about all this stuff that happens in like these places where they have to go and get these drugs in the cartel. It's just a lot of bad things go into getting those drugs just so you can party and have a fun time, yeah, man. Yeah, that's true if you think about the human consequence person. Chapo and his wife and his son are all being indicted now. It's insane. I don't know. And then, the, what? Sinaloa cartel was the last cartel I heard anything about. But Mexico is going to decriminalize marijuana soon. Oh, nice. And That's so that awesome. should make some make things a little bit easier. The UN just decriminalized or uh, deregulated marijuana, so it's not, it won't kill you now, finally. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I think everywhere should decriminalize marijuana. Um, it's had a lot of positive benefits here in Colorado. Yeah, I want to, um, I don't know, but the way they allocated the money has some people kind of pissed off, but for the most part, I mean, it made a lot of money for the state, finally getting T-Rex done. So that's cool. I-25 is finally getting finished. I also feel like um, in states where like things are more legal, you don't have as much crime necessarily. I wonder, because we'll have to see on that, because Oregon decriminalized everything and we're, mm -hmm. still, we're still gathering data, so we'll see. Well, and I have, like, hope that helps Oregon. I used to live out in Oregon, and heroin is so bad out in Oregon that they actually had like, drop boxes for the needles. Oh, yeah. And you'd have to be careful walking through certain parks because there would just be like loose needles. And it was sad because Oregon's a really beautiful place. And like the people there I've met that weren't junkies were really awesome. So it's like hopefully like them decriminalizing the, all, all the drugs like really helps people get the help they need because they're not ashamed to like actually be like, oh, I have a problem. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Drugs. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like everybody has a vice, even caffeine and sugar. Yeah. Those are, like, you Those know. Those kill you. Well, I think that's what I want to say about heroin is, like, heroin can kill you in your sleep. Like, you can throw up in your sleep and choke on your own vomit. And that's where I'm, like, any drug that can kill me in my sleep. Yeah, no, thank I you. Don't I don't want, want that. To do with. Yeah. I would rather just. What a way to go. <laughs> it's like, how do you go? Like, Threw up in his sleep and he choked on me. Oh, what? No. Oh. That would be a really rough way to go. Like, and then, like, imagine the people that found you, your like, what they would have to go through. Your headstone just says blue chunks and died. It's <laughs> bad. Uh, I mean, I've worked at a few hotels as a, a housekeeper and they found dead bodies in rooms before Ooh. because people have D, like, or they had, like, this guy, he was 34. And he had a heart attack in like the middle of the night, That's and weird. they found him. And I was like, "That guy was really young, like 34." Yep, that's how old Doug was. Doug Ware, Fort Collins. He was only 34, man. Fucking damn shame. Man, this podcast is going down in flames right now. We're just <laughs> <laughs> talking about heroin overdoses and people having heart attacks at the Hatchet House. Only here. <laughs> I mean, it's Megan McCart, so shit always gets real. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's okay, though. It's like my stand-up. It's not for everybody because it's a little bit too real. It's, it's, I don't know if it's too real. I mean, so there's another comedian that I really enjoy. Her name is Jack the Stripper. And she's originally from New York. And she's retired now. But she makes these, like, funny, relatable comic books that are, like, really poorly drawn. But they're awesome. Like, you can tell what it is. And they're really funny. And she makes these, like, comics and just, like, books that are, like, jokes. And, like, one of them is, like, this lady construction worker. And this, like, dancer's walking by in her, like, day clothes. And she's like, are you doing this job to pay for college? <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's just like the stuff people say to dancers back, like the like from a different perspective. And it's just it's really funny. Or it's like talking about the weird people who come to the strip club because it's kind of like cheap therapy in a way. Yeah, it's free therapy for sure. <laughs> but I mean, the more I see people do stand up at open mics and treat it as therapy, the more I realize it's kind of a phase. Like they need to get all this stuff out before the funny stuff comes out. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with it, but it, sometimes it can be funny to watch. <laughs> <laughs> When we were younger, like we would just go to open mic just to mess with the comedians. That's the only, we, that's the only purpose like of going to open mic. Yeah, just heckle yeah. them, shine the light on them after a minute, you know, and just see if they quit. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you can stand like hecklers, you could you can do anything really. It's just a completely different skill, man. Like, cause it's weird with hecklers. Cause okay, you know, if it's a female heckler, you can't punch down on women anymore because after me too, you just can't. It's it's full. It's a social faux pas now. If it's a male heckler, go crazy. I mean, honestly, if I was like a heck, I was a heckler and I was trying to heckle somebody, I wouldn't mind if they like shut me down because that's why I would be heckling them to see how they could deteriorate yeah, the situation. A, a lot of people do that. Yeah. Um, Let's see how just good this because guy is. like I kind of heckle people in real life. I'm an eavesdropper and I listen to people's conversations a lot. And like after shows, there was this group of people at like a show in Boulder and they're just like looking for their friend and they're like team Terrence and I was like yeah go team Terrence just like heckling he's like thanks I'm I'm Terrence and these dudes like listening were like you're awesome you're an asshole though (laughs) (laughs) well you heckled somebody last night kind of I mean that was my ex-boyfriend yeah that was some fun little job I heard on the way back home that was hilarious to me (laughs) (laughs) he would I mean like, I know it takes a lot to get up there, but... It's still hilarious. <laughs> there was no laughs, man. Poor guy, dude. Well, I didn't even know who he was. I just know he was, like, out of nowhere, 11 o'clock at night, some guy <laughs> drinking a beer from Georgia, like a Georgia beard, decides to come up and say, hey, man, I want to do open mic. And it's, like, nothing prepared. No jokes. No punchlines. And I'm just like, oh, man. And I then mean... and then he went up there and he bombed. <laughs> And then I hear later coming home, it's like, oh, that was Megan's ex-boyfriend. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, this is how the sex was terrible. Well, I mean, it's just, what's the motivation there? Oh, I see my ex-girlfriend doing stand-up, and I got to prove that I can do it. I, I think get that. so. Well, and he, I don't know, like, when I, uh, we were dating still when I first started doing it, but he was in quarantine, and so I was, like, out there at Dillinger's doing the open mic and he was like oh I wish I could do open mic and I was like look buddy I, I don't think that open mic's for you I'm like I'm not saying that you're not not funny it's just it's, it takes a little different like delivery yeah. when you go up there and do stand up well, I mean, I would argue that open mic is for everybody, but if you want to do well at it and you actually want to get a laugh off your joke, maybe you want to prepare a little bit. Mm-hmm. You maybe have a punchline ready. You know? <laughs> Definitely. Or maybe I'm just also a little biased and hating because it's my ex. No, I mean, yeah, no, I get that, <laughs> totally. But, yeah, I mean, Cheyenne, I think you're one of the few people. Cheyenne's got this weird style of comedy up there that doesn't involve punchlines for whatever reason. So it's fun to see somebody that actually gets up there with a prepared setup and a punchline. Everybody's storytellers up there. So I mean, I yeah. feel like but even with storytelling, like, you kind of have to have that like punchline, that, yeah, like, that final, like, oh, okay, this is leading up to the, the joke. But the faster you can do your jokes, the more jokes you can tell, yeah. and the amount of time you're allowed. I mean, there's great storytellers, don't get me wrong, that can tell you a story and you're going to feel an emotion afterwards. But if you're going for a laugh, it can't be a giant two-page story and then one punchline at the end. You have to, <laughs> you have to go, like, you have to break down your story and do, like, every three 
sentences, add mm-hmm. a punch, add oh, a joke, yeah. add something, and that's how you do the storyteller style. But that's oh, definitely. I mean, I'm a writer better. myself. Like, I've written short stories. I like to write like, dialogue just between two people just because it's hard to write dialogue. It is. And, yeah. like, have it flow naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've tried it. I can't do it. Because I'm, I'm just an awkward guy. Like, I don't talk like normal people talk. You yeah. Know? So to get regular people dialogue, I have no idea what that looks like. I mean, like. I'm kind of awkward too, but I'm like, I own my awkwardness and I kind of make people talk to me and be my friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird doing this, um, being, being known as being the producer for the Moxie Showcase. Like, people don't come up and talk to me because they want to be my friend. People come up and talk to me because they want to get on the Moxie Comedy oh, Showcase. Oh, yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Like, if you got something, people are always going to want a piece of it. Yeah, I'm mastering the small talk, man. I know, like, the weather. That's, like, people's go-to thing. Like, oh, how are you? Oh, it's really nice outside. Did you see this football game? It's, like, very mundane <laughs> conversation. Yeah. There was a really good book that can help me out with that that I read a long time ago. It was uh, by Larry King. And Larry King wrote a book saying, How to Talk to Anyone About Anything Anywhere. I think it was the title of the book, and yeah, he had a lot of tips on there, like if they have kids, ask them about their kids, parents talk about their kids all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, the weather is always a good go-to, stay away from religion and politics, you know. Those oh, yeah, those that are two big roles. You just, yeah. the, especially in bars, you don't talk about politics and you don't talk about religion because it's always going to end in a fight. I always expect Dillinger's to be full of Trump supporters, and it's like 50-50 now, like... I mean, so I feel like uh, Dillinger's is one of like, the newest bar in Cheyenne, so it attracts a younger audience, mm-hmm. but it also attracts older crowd, so it's a mix. It attracts all the people from out of town that are staying at the Plains Hotel, which is right across the mm-hmm. street, or the other hotels around that area, because it's a newer bar. It also has fancy lights, so people are like, oh, what's this? Yeah, it's it's right off the highway, too. So Uh, Don't forget, uh, shameless plug for Dillinger's. I guess they're doing comedy campouts this weekend. Are you going to be a part of that? Yeah, I'm going to do open with three minutes. Nice. Okay, so Megan's opening comedy campouts. you got the fabulous Jeremiah Chenegu headlining that, and you got to see him if you haven't yet. He's hilarious. He is. He's really funny. I enjoyed his stand-up a lot. I say this to everybody that, like, doesn't know him. He's got to be one of the more disciplined writers that I've ever met. And it shows. Like, whenever you can always tell a comedian is disciplined in his writing just by his performance. And there's no doubt that Chinegro was like writing like crazy. And I'm super jealous of him because he just bought like an Xbox and a PS5. And, <laughs> I saw that on Facebook. His hand. I'm like, I want to come over. <laughs> I mean, I only own my Switch, and it's only a Switch Lite. Like, I don't even have a TV in my... You play my... Zelda? Tell me you got Zelda. I do have Zelda, yeah, Zelda. Um, but I'm a big Animal Crossing fan. Animal Crossing. I, I mean, like, one of my favorite villagers on my island, his name is Rudy, and he's a cat. <laughs> 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 and his, like, room, it has, like, a train set in it, and it looks like a child's, like, playground area. And he's, he's like, he's really quirky, but he's also, like, a jock, and he likes to talk about exercising a lot. So he asked me for a catchphrase, and I said 420. So now every time he like ends a conversation with me, he says 420. <laughs> and then I told one of my other villagers, she's like this bear named Tutu, and she's really adorable. She's so cute. And she was like, I need a greeting for you. And I put, your mom's a hoe. So now every time she'll be like, hey, Megan, your mom's a hoe. <laughs> 
But if you don't get on Animal Crossing in a long time, your animals are like, you, like, hate me, basically. Aww. Like, they're sad. They're like, where have you been? Like, you haven't played no for a long time. Because it's, like, day by day. Like, it's in real time. So it's, it's an interesting game. It gets old fast. Like, there's periods of time where I play a lot of Animal Crossing, and there'll be, like, weeks where I just don't even get on my island at all. I don't want to play a game that I can download. Like, I have to have, like, a disc or something. Oh, yeah, I like the hard copies. Like, I actually have the little insert things. I don't know what they're called for the Switch because they're, like, little card reader, like, a SIM card type thing that you put in it. Sure. But I like to have, like, the hard copy. Like, for books, I'm the same way. Like, I want to have the physical copy of the book. I don't want an ebook. Right, yeah, I don't want an audible or anything like that. I have uh, physical copies of Game of Thrones. That's my best thing in my collection, I think. Right? I have a lot of books, and they're just random books that I've uh, been given. I have the complete books of The Magicians, which is one of my favorite books. It's also a TV show on sci fi, but it only had three books, but there's like, for some reason, there's like five seasons. I mean, they did good at adaptation with like the story they were given, but I always like the book more than I like. The movie. Except for I really like the Harry Potter movies. And I know a lot of Harry Potter fans are like, no, the movies are shitty. But I don't think that they are, necessarily. We interrupt this program to bring you a special news bullet. Comedy's been blowing up in northern Colorado. Everybody, the northern Colorado comedy scene is bursting at the seams. Get on the Comedy Fort mailing list. Get on the Comedy Fort mailing list why because you'll miss out if you don't they got all the inside scoops on that mailing list you'll find out when all the headliners are coming through way before the general public does get on the comedy fort mailing list awesome headliners all your fort collins favorites are coming through hosting shows david rodriguez has been doing a fantastic job the comedy fort give him your support we also got the lirano wine bar coming up march 19th so that's gonna be in a couple weeks yeah a couple weeks march 19th comedy showcase we got christy bukley headlining we got evan johnson and the good clean and wholesome greg cherry come down it's at the lorano wine bar very classy very super sweet it's got a really nice comedy seller vibe to it come check it out it's 20 dollars a ticket find it on eventbrite lorano comedy showcase christy bukley evan johnson also, Moxie Theater Comedy Showcase is coming to you. Live comedy, March 20th. Who's going to be there? It's going to be Genevieve Cha-Cha Murdick featuring. It's going to be the fabulous Helen Riker headlining. This is a ladies' night, everybody. You know what, guys? Your woman comes out to every single comedy show with you. You can come out to the ladies' night with her, okay? I don't want to hear it. I want to see some faces in there. Help us sell it out. The Moxie needs your help. So let's not let that place go under, yeah? Let's let's sell it out again, guys. It's It's a good time at these comedy shows. But most importantly, what's coming up tomorrow, it's going to be March 6th. Cheyenne, Wyoming has comedy campouts. Jeremiah Chinegwu came down to the Moxie, crushed it. He's going to crush it in Cheyenne. They also got all of their Cheyenne comics coming through. It's going to be a nice variety show. And they're putting a pajama twist on it. So you got to wear your favorite PJs. Go out to comedy campouts in Cheyenne. It's only an hour away from Greeley. It's only an hour away. You can drive. You drive to Denver all the time. You can drive to Cheyenne. Check out the show. My good friend Dominic Syracuse is hosting that up. Give them their support. Dillinger's is a great bar. Check it out. This has been all of the news from Northern Colorado. Keep tuned in to Comics and Bars, Throwing Axes. I'll try and keep you updated on everything that's going on in Northern Colorado comedy scene. But that's it, man. It's Comedy Fort. It's Comedy Campouts and Dillinger's. We got the Lirino Showcases. It's going to be monthly. And we got the Comedy Showcase on the 20th. All right, everybody. Put those on your calendars. I want to see your faces. Peace. All right, here we go.
Potter drama right now is just over J.K. Rowling's transphobia. That's what all I keep hearing about. Oh, I, I didn't know that she was transphobic. Whoa, yeah, I guess there's she's put out some writings that lead people to think that she's transphobic, and there, there was even a call on boycotting Harry Potter, but it's too good. It's I mean, it's good. like, you know, Chick-fil-A, they, they give a lot of their money to uh, anti-LGBT like LGBT type things, yeah, and I don't, I don't support that. Right. I don't support their, like, what they're doing, but they're going to do what they do with their money. Yeah. I, I just like their chicken, t like, tenders, man. Their chicken nuggets, their, that Chick-fil-A Chick sauce. I'm more of an ally than you are, Megan. I haven't eaten Chick-fil-A in years. Well, don't do it. then you're better than me. <laughs> At least when it comes to Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I just like, I just like chicken. I really like chicken. Like, living in the South, I learned yeah, how to make that. really good chicken and waffles. With, like, a maple glaze, and then you, like, melt cheese on top with, like, bacon bits. Or, like, like my favorite place in Fort Collins is the Waffle Lab. And they have the best chicken and waffles I've ever had, because they serve it with country gravy with the sausage on top. And then Vermont maple syrup. And you pour that on top of the gravy. It's so good. It's it's amazing. Comics and bars. Though in Axis has the fabulous Megan McCart and your cookbook. Tune in. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in for all the scrumptious recipes. We're talking about food, man. I didn't eat lunch. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, I ate a hot dog, and that's all I've eaten today. I'm living off of Diet Pepsi right now. I'm going to Tell get you. sushi, though, after this. Oh, nice. Where are you going? I'm not sure. Dude, Sushi um, One is great. It's right down 10th Street. Well, Check I'm going to meet up with a guy, and he's taking me to get to sushi. I'm going to take you so. to Sushi One, because that's the best sushi place you've It actually burned down a few years ago. I know. It didn't burn down, burn down, but, like, the kitchen caught on fire, and, like, it was a huge deal. Like, we can have sushi, and really, for, like, a month, we were all going crazy. Well, that is sad. My favorite sushi place that I've ever been to was this place in Vegas. I don't remember the name of it because I went it was that good, huh? a few years ago when uh, I was dating this guy who lived in Vegas and his sister and her husband took us and it's $27 and it's all you can eat sushi. Ooh, you can get good. sushi meat too and then like they have really good sake, they have really good egg drop soup. I just really love oriental food. Me it's too. my Our, favorite. There's a place, there's a couple, there's like three places in Korea now that do like the $1.50 scoop style. I, I'll eat there. Honestly, day. those places are like some of the most hidden gems. Yeah, I mean, they could be super healthy too. I'll get in there and do like a, they do steamed white rice, they can, they'll do steamed vegetables, and they'll do like a coconut shrimp. Coconut shrimp is so good though. Oh, but... Or coconut chicken. Or it's pineapple. so hard to make from scratch though. Or a pineapple chicken. I love pineapple chicken. It takes too long for me. It definitely, <laughs> so you have to have like patience and discipline to cook yeah. and like make good, really good meals. I love cooking. Like I could cook all day. Well, I don't, I, I grew up cooking. Like I started cooking when I was 15. Oh, okay. I've been cooking for, you know, decades and I recently picked up baking. So baking is like what I prefer now. What do you like to bake? I like making, I like to emulate crumble cookies. I like to make like the best, freaking softest, delicious cookies ever. I like it when my kids have their birthdays because then I can make like them custom cakes. I think my daughter asked for like smiley face emoji <laughs> cakes last year, which were really fun to That's make. That's cute. But yeah, it's, it's just baking. Um, now you're making me hungry. I love I sweets. Know, <laughs> Sorry. I like to make a pie. I make a really good Oreo pie. Uh, okay. And I make the, the crust myself, which is actually not that hard because it's an Oreo crust. You just take Oreo cookies, you have to separate the cream part from the cookie part, and then you blend up, like mash it up, and then like make it into a pie like with melted butter. It's super easy, and then it has to set. But then you take the, the cream from the inside and you put it in Oreo pudding. And then I put extra, I crumble up 
the double stuffed Oreos and I put them in there and it's it's really good and then I like whip some whipped cream into it so it's extra creamy. Wow. Well, honestly, the reason why I made the Oreo pie is because my aunt made it one year and I was like, okay, I want to make this, but I want to make it better than my aunt did. A lot of time is spent in your kitchen then. How is your kitchen like? Um, so really like nice not recently. Like... Um, I just recently moved into my own apartment, and I didn't really spend a lot of time in my kitchen before, just because my roommate was downstairs and she had a different sleeping schedule, and I didn't want to disturb her. But before, I used to spend a lot of time in my kitchen, like when I lived with my ex-boyfriend, because I'd always make us dinner. But then I'd make him do the dishes because I cooked, but then he wouldn't. So I still did. I did everything in the kitchen. You can always tell how much somebody loves cooking or baking by the utensils they have in their kitchen. Mm -hmm. They want well, to stay stuff. Because I had, I had like lost all my like kitchen stuff, I have to rebuild it. And I want to buy like a bunch of fancy things for my kitchen. Like I want to get a blender and a waffle maker. Fancy. My friend gave me a toaster oven, which I love toaster nice oven. Well, because I don't have an actual oven in my house. Like my apartment is mm -hmm. older and it has like the stove top, but it doesn't have an oven. Interesting. So my apartment's like, it's perfect for just one person because sure. it's almost like a studio, mm -hmm. but it's enough space for me and it's the first time I've ever lived alone. So I look forward to cooking in my house. But are you completely alone? Don't you have cats? I do. I have one cat. Okay. So you can have a kitty companion. And then the ghost probably because it's old and an addict. Oh, those are the best though. Your own attic apartment, those are fun. It's really, it's actually a really cool apartment. It just uh, has awkward stairs so I could get my box spring up there. Mm. Or like this rocking chair that I was gifted. Uh -oh. And so I'm trying to figure out furniture that I can get that will work with that. Just probably Ikea shit. Just get a catapult. Just launch it up. <laughs> that would be awesome. I bet the, I bet the I have big windows. Nice. Yeah, I bet the view is really cool. Oh yeah. I get a lot, it gets a lot of natural sunlighting, which I enjoy because my last room had like this big stained glass window and it got so much natural lighting. So I was always like in a really good mood because of all the sunlight I was getting. So with all this cooking and Susie Homemaker stuff, are you <laughs> a big house plant person too? Or? Um, not necessarily because like my cat with cats, you have to be careful about the types of plants oh, yeah. you get because a lot of plants are not good for cats mm -hmm. and they will eat the shit out of those they plants. They like poop in the dirt too and they to pot the dirt a lot. I have a succulents though. I enjoy succulents. I want cactuses. I just enjoy desert plants because they don't need as much water, especially like in the wintertime in this area of the United States. Mm -hmm. You only water them once every two weeks instead of once every week. And they don't need that much water either, but like I talked to my succulents. <laughs> I accidentally overwatered my aloe plant and he died. Oh, poor Alan. Poor Vera. His name was Alan, and then the, my Steve, uh, my succulent was Steve, and I got them together, and it was Steve Allen. Hey! <laughs> I like the old man succulent, the one that's got like the white hairs at it, and it just looks like plant. Oh yeah, no, those are awesome. My friend, she has, she had a bunch of succulents, and she had this like greenhouse. And then when it got below freezing, because of the arctic front we got, a lot of her succulents died because it was so cold. Sure. And it was like, I saw her like live stream video and I was like, this is so sad, it breaks my heart. Well, cause succulents are not cheap. Like some of those succulents can cost over a hundred dollars. Like yeah, it's like calatheas. Calatheas are really, they're high maintenance type plants and they can be really expensive. I have a friend who's super plant lady. Like when I think of plants, I think of her. And mm. like, she's like a redhead goddess. She is poison ivy, like nice. as an actual person. Yes. <laughs>
I used to work in a greenhouse, and I used to love houseplants. I think I had like 50 houseplants at one point. I mean, I think houseplants are important. They clean the air and all that, but mm -hmm. my favorite were the carnivorous plants, like the pitcher plants. Okay. Um, Venus flytraps and the Oh, I traps. like those types of plants too. They're interesting. Like, it's cool to see them like close up, close and up, and, and like yeah. eat bugs. Because yeah. I don't like bugs. So I'm like, yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll have this in my house. It could eat all the spiders and yeah. mosquitoes. So tell. The audience, tell us like some of the most important rules or what's some of the advice that people have given you that you've really taken to heart and has helped out in your comedy career so, well, most, so far. Honestly, like a lot of the videos that Dom's shared on our group chat have really helped me. He's just like structuring your jokes more, writing your material out, timing yourself recording yourself even just in your house and then like watching that and then revising it to make it more like fine and like polished and then that way when you go up you have material and you're actually going to get to the point and even if like you think you only have about three minutes and you're allowed five minutes and you have the three minutes i would just do the polished three minutes because at least then people are gonna enjoy it and like instead of just making an ass of yourself and bombing like yeah, so cool. and also the delivery is what's the most important so like it's like leading up to that punchline or the joke that you're trying to get across would you say you're completely comfortable on stage now i am yeah even the first time i went up i was not like too uncomfortable i was just really nervous yeah because i was like i don't know how i'm gonna deal but it wasn't like uncomfortable on the stage yeah it seems like you'd be pretty comfortable on the stage just the actual craft of stand-up is something that's new yeah I, don't know, I guess it could be scary. It was a little bit because like during the last year when I wasn't working, I made a status that said I want to be. I'm going to take this time to be a sit-down comedian, and I was just thinking of jokes, and I made all these like parody videos, like short songs and songs I made up about quarantine. So I told this one joke that I always tell about vampires, and then I also sang a couple of the songs that I made during quarantine, and then that that's what I did, just because I wanted people to laugh and think that it was like quirky and like a lot of people told me it did really good so it's very supportive at there at Dillinger's. Yeah it is it's a really good room. I think there's other things that you could do uh, and just in general comics in general that I can do to prove uh, their presence and one of those is like karaoke. <laughs> I do karaoke all the time like honestly yeah. actually and I like because I like to do like comedy as a general thing so i like to sing like bloodhound gang and just really weird yeah weird out like just goofy songs that you wouldn't expect me to sing because like i like to think that i look a lot more innocent than the stuff that comes out of my mouth so would you say you're a big Bob Burnham fan then? Yeah, he's he's hilarious. I really like Jeffrey, like... Jeff Dunham. Yeah, Jeff Dunham. I why did you want to say Jeffrey Dahmer? Jeffrey I don't know. Yeah. Close, close. Um, but same guy. He, he cracks me up and he's actually really... Like, ventriloquism is like a whole separate ball game. Like, <laughs> I feel like you have to make personas up for your puppets and like actually talk to them like they're like alive. Boy, did you miss out on Monday because we went to Lincoln Station. There was a ventriloquist at open mic. Really? And, I mean, you hate to you hate to critique an art form that you've never done yourself. However, the guy, I think, from an audience perspective, we're just in there thinking like, dude, it's okay if your lips move a little bit if we can understand what you're saying. Because he was trying harder to not move his lips so we can understand anything. We can yeah. understand. We can understand the punchline. We can understand the setup. Because he was focusing on the ventriloquist part versus 
the joke part, you know, and, and making sure that people can understand what you're saying and you enunciate and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the part of ventriloquism that would be really hard is like throwing your voice mm -hmm. and making it sync up with your puppet and also the audience can hear. I feel like ventriloquism takes like a whole nother separate level of skills. Yeah. I definitely couldn't do it. I have always thought ventriloquism is really cool, but puppets also kind of creep me out. I mean, if I got to like Jeff Dunham's level and had the type of characters that he's creative, uh, he's because those are timeless. I mean, he's been doing this since what the eighties, seventies. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching. I remember when I was watching a kid. his stuff when I was like five. Yeah, I remember loving Peanut. I don't know why I was allowed to watch that because you know a lot of the humor I couldn't understand at mm -hmm. five years old. But I was also watching South Park when I was six. Yeah, I remember Peanut and Jose. Jalapeno, oh, the Jose Jalapeno. Jose Jalapeno on his stick. Yeah, he's <laughs> one of my favorite guys ever. And yeah, I was the same way. So, or the old man. Hard. I forget the old man's name. Walter. Walter, yeah. Walter is like... <laughs> me and my cousin would just... We would always like do the little bits back and forth to each other when we were kids with like our stuffed animals and we were like make like i don't remember the jokes now just because it's been so long since i watched his stuff but i like it, it lives in my mind rent free forever so you mentioned uh, some of your favorite comedians who are you listening to now um i'm listening to uh nalana glazer or glazer how do you pronounce it like i think it's glazer. glazer yeah from new york right She's, yeah uh, and she was on special. broad city yeah broad city uh, yep her and Abby actually like kind of helps me like were also some of my influences because I just love their like style especially like the show Broad City. It's hilarious just their like friendship and like Alana talks a lot about like like women's rights stuff and like like she's like has a little bit more of a political sense of humor which I'm not necessarily like huge into politics, but I appreciate her standpoints and like her takes on things. And she's very open with like sexuality and sexual experiences. And I listened to like some of her stand up like on Spotify and I had just other different comedians. And that's how I've been finding more comedians that I enjoy. But it mostly just like, I don't really watch a whole lot of TV because I don't want a television, like I said. What about a podcast? You listen to comics and bars, but there's got to be other podcasts. Um, I like to listen to like podcasts about Black history. Okay. Um, and then like I like to listen to podcasts about like weird conspiracies mm -hmm. or like cult leaders oh, yeah. or serial killers. Okay. <laughs> All the good stuff. But I mostly listen to music, like. I listen to a lot of music. It's so my go-to, my thing. I listen to more spoken word now than I do music, and I think that makes music a little bit sweeter in a way. Because, you know, you don't hear music for a long time. What was it? Sweet Home Alabama came on on the way up here, and I was like, ah, that's my jam! <laughs> I want to see Derek Stroop shirtless singing Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> don't, don't judge me. I'm not judging you. That's, that's my goal. I mean, I want to. I was supposed to see fish for the first time last year, and like I know a lot of people hate on fish because they're like, oh, jam bands. Like jam bands are like my favorite because the people at jam band shows are the most interesting. Like it's like EDM shows. It's like all these kids like definitely on drugs, but like they're just they're so interesting. Like I saw this like dude at this concert I went to was for a Sound Tribe Sector Nine which is like jam band, but they're also kind of like, I don't know how I would describe them, maybe like space rock. Okay. But this guy before the show, like I'm in the lie, Red Rocks, and he, he 
he's just singing to his tall boy in his head. He's like, it's too early to be this drunk. It's too early to be this drunk. And so I started singing it, and I didn't have any alcohol in my hand, so everybody's like looking at me all weird. And I'm like, I'm going to steal that guy's song. And then in the credits would be like, random guy at Red Rocks from the STS 9 show in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> Silly. If you're out there, guy, listening, thanks for your song. <laughs> it's like, honestly, like going to a jam band show is kind of like going to a comedy show. Everyone's really out of it. They're all having a good time. Their dance moves are really goofy. So what, what, are, um, what are your comedy goals? What do you think? What, um, what do you want to accomplish in comedy? I want to get better at perfecting my stand-up. That way I can write better jokes for my cartoons. Okay. So you're, you want animation as the end game. Yeah, I want animation to be my ultimate end goal. I would still do stand-up, you know, but because that's the face behind my cartoon. But I really want to be known for my work as an animator. Yeah, I've, I've heard some feedback from comedy aficionados, and they're like, I don't just want to see a person do stand-up their entire life. I want to see them branch out into other artistic ventures yeah. and cheer them on that way. Comics and Bars Throwing Axes is brought to you, in part, by the Greeley Hatchet House. So much fun throwing axes at the wall, everybody. Have you done it yet? If you haven't, get down to the Greeley Hatchet House, right there on the same street as Luna's Tacos and Tequila and the Moxie Theater. So much fun, everybody. We got a nice special on Wednesdays. It's a walk-up Wednesday. Just walk in, pay 20 bucks, get a lane, drink some beers. $2 a beer. That's a great deal, right? Throw some axes, practice your kill shots, practice your bullseyes. If you get good enough, join the league. That's it, man. Get out to GreeleyHatchetHouse.com. You want to do it on a weekday because the weekends fill up so fast. I mean, it's cool to see. Nice full spot. Throw with your friends. Hang out. Have a good time. But if you want the place to yourself, the time to do it is during the weekday. Take your date. Have some fun. It's a good time, everybody. GreeleyHatchetHouse.com. GreeleyHatchetHouse.com. Throw some axes at the wall. This jingle is not official. I also want to make parody songs really bad because I sing my own parody songs. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's called Entomatone. And it's a Japanese toy, but it's a musical instrument. And it looks like they're about like this big. And it's like a music note and it has its head and it has a little face. And then it has the neck, which you play, which is like the keyboard, but none of the notes are labeled. And you open its mouth to make like different ranges. And like it has, you can put it into an aux cord and control like the volume and stuff on the back of it. And it's basically a mini synthesizer. I've seen people do really cool videos with them. I want to get one and do like parodies like to like Africa or just like make up really weird songs in my automaton and sing them. Yeah, sounds like fun. <laughs> Felipe Esparza, I like uh, keeping up with him. And he did a podcast for Hot Breath. And one of the things he said was like, if you want to get into comedy, it's, you know, you can't just get into comedy selfishly. It's, it's not ask what comedy can do for you it's ask what you can do for comedy it fries my brain thinking of what can i bring to the game <laughs> mostly i like to think i bring like a different style of comedy yeah. like because everyone has their own different like take and how they approach their stand-up yeah like cheyenne honestly is like, like i've never seen a lot of that style of comedy before like because i've watched stand-up since i was like younger on tv and stuff and it's just interesting to see but like also there's a lot of talent in cheyenne too yeah there's, a, there's a lot These of good people content. have potential for different things and I, I would like to see people just branch out and do like improv or like theater or acting or I know improv gets a bad rap, and like every time I think of improv, because I used to do improv a lot, but I think of the Broad City episode 
where like Alana hooks up with this guy and he's bisexual and she's like, oh, you're perfect. And then he's like, oh, come to my show. And she thinks it's like a concert, like he's in a band. Sure. And then they go to the show and it's an improv show. Oh. And it's so terrible. And then she goes to hook up with him that night and she just keeps thinking about the shitty improv he did. Sure. She's like, I can't, you need to go home. Yeah, unless you're Wayne Brady, you're not getting nothing. And so like, I, every time I think of improv, I just think of that, and it's like, because it was so, so bad. And if you haven't seen Broad City, I highly recommend watching it. It's a good show. I mean, improv is important for comedians. If you, I, I don't want to say don't ever take an improv class, but I mean, I'm looking for some too. It just, it's a skill. It helps you react oh, yeah, improv, on stage. Improv is like, it's just, you have to go with the flow and just be like quick and witted and like, to make it seem good. Yeah. Like, some, like you can do improv and it can be terrible, but you can do improv and it can be awesome. Right, it can be really good. There's no middle ground. <laughs> I had to say that because I did theater in school, so we did a lot of like improv type exercises. I like the games. Yeah, I like yeah. the are fun. I was asked to lead the improv type things we did a lot because my teacher was like, Megan, you're the best at improv out of everybody in this class. I was like, thanks, that's a, like, that's a lot, like. So you did a little bit of theater growing up too then? Oh, I did a lot of theater. Yeah. Did you prefer the stage or did you want to be like on the tech Oh, I loved doing tech work. I liked acting, but I honestly enjoyed being behind the scenes and like building the set, running the sound, doing the costume and makeup. The only thing I haven't done was like laying and assistant directing, but everything else for like the technical work I've done. I've even had to make like posters. So I used to do like state drama, which was like where all the theater kids did had different categories in theater that they had to compete in. And I did costume design, fourth year, my first year. And then I did first year publicity, which is where you make like the flyers and the information for the play. And then my second year at state drama, I was a senior in high school and I did this thing called GPA, which is the reader's theater type thing. You don't use props and you're trying to delay a very like controversial topic well and you write it and like you act it out and then you use things to transition to get your point across we did ours about censorship because we were high school they wanted to make it at sea drama where we couldn't say certain things or we couldn't do certain plays mm-hmm. and everyone thought we were gonna like actually cost in our thing we we like used like hell as a bad word because we were using the play the crucible as like the mom was mad and i was the karen mom who was like no this play is bad and my kid can't be in it but we got first at state drama and we actually got to go to a junior college competition in california called arda when i was a senior in high school cool yeah i did a lot of forensics too like uh i did drama and poetry and a lot of like duo with a partner trying to act things out like a monologue? Not a monologue. Because a monologue is like one person. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, we'd, we'd be in front of like college judges, you know, and they'd give us pointers on how to act things. Was act it like speech and debate style more so? Um, I did some of that too. No, it was, it, was, it was exactly as you described it. They just called it forensics. Okay. So it was like, Oh, I've know, heard of that, yeah. You go up and you perform and then they give you pointers and then you get trophies at the end for whoever did the best interpretation or whatever. Nice. So that's that was my background growing up. I don't know. I've always liked. I guess I've always liked being on stage. I like. I obviously like the technical aspect of it. You know. I I enjoy like both. I feel like you need both aspects, and like a lot of people don't really appreciate the technical part of it until they actually do it and they realize, oh, this is a big part of the production. Right. Yeah. Production. Knowing how to run a a production and doing it well is an essential skill. Well, especially if you want to run an open mic or. 
even even here at the Moxie, like I've been trying to get it so that we can get better recordings for the comedians and things like that. So I mean, the technical aspect is important to know. I would say, but you don't have to be an expert at it. Like. But also, if you didn't have those things, my theater teacher would always be like, you would just be a naked person alone in a dark room with no set and no audience. Yeah. You know what was funny? You mentioned that you did the costumes. I was always so impressed by the costume lady in my high school productions. I was like, this woman freaking rocks. Because she was always like the one running around with like 12 garments in her hand and like a sewing kit tied in a fanny pack on her waist. <laughs> just like, measuring people. It was just like... A tailor and like clothing supplier all in one. It was insane. I was yeah, so I love like costuming. It was like so fun. I did this one play called Salmon the Serpent Snake, and everyone like got to be in it. I was like a Loomba, which was like a monster thing, mm -hmm. but I was a forest Loomba, and I found these like this really weird outfit that made me look like a tree. And then I put like leaves and stuff on my face and my hair, and the makeup for it was really interesting too. And that was a lot of fun because there was like different Galumbas. There was like electric Galumbas, which their makeup looks straight like up from a Lady Gaga show. Yeah, like, they look like Lady Gaga backup dancers. That's the one thing that the pandemic that you don't really hear anybody talking about was uh, cosplay kind of got wiped out this pandemic too like you can't gather and show off your costumes right? yeah because you can't really go to like conventions like you can't go to like a comic con or like the anime cons mm -hmm. which i feel sad for like all the like anime and like comic book kids that can do that and either because that's their that's true we could be um a lot of the fighters from the mortal Kombat. you mean go with power rangers or something yes yes yeah. No, I haven't been to Comic-Con. Go, go Power I've always Rangers. wanted to go to one, at least. Like, San Diego Comic-Con, I think, is on the bucket list. I wanted to go to the San Diego Comic-Con for a specific reason, and that's because Pendleton Ward, the creator of Adventure Time, mm -hmm. usually goes to the San Diego Comic-Con and does a sit-in panel for Adventure Time. And, like, he has worked on a bunch of other stuff. Like, he helped work on the Misadventures of Flapjack. He also did the Midnight Gospel, which is Duncan Trestle, and his podcast mixed with Pendleton Ward animation like art style mm -hmm. it's actually a really cool show I don't know if you've seen it I, I mean I keep hearing really good things about it but I just never made the time to and all the episodes are actually like based off of like some of his podcasts that he's done with people oh, that's cool I don't know what I would do based <laughs> have a show of just practicing accent I guess well cool. it's like yeah it's like all animated and Milton Ward's art is just so amazing in that show but it's like it only has like eight episodes and it's like it's over so fast but it's really like honestly it's something that you have to watch more than once to get yeah. different things out of it because a lot of it's just really in-depth like philosophical type stuff in animation <laughs> Simpsons kind of sometimes goes Philosophical? Is it more philosophical or less philosophical than The Simpsons? Oh, way more. It's like kind of like reminds me of Rick and Morty a little bit, and mm. just like metaphysical type stuff, and like existentialism and things like yeah, that. Yeah, but like 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 life and death, and just like existence, and it's it's really honestly like I can't use big words that often because my mouth is dry, but it's a really <laughs> awesome show. Do you think we live in a simulation? Sometimes I feel like I'm a sim. Yeah. Like, I go into, because I like to play The Sims, and I have a joke about it, but like, sometimes I'll go into a room, and I'm like, I don't, why, why am I in this room? Like, because, like, because, <laughs> like, in The Sims, you can click and delete, like, actions, like, oh, you're, like, Sims gonna go to work. No, and you can make them not go to work, and, like, make them get fired, or you can make them have a really bad, like, time. And you can also kill your Sims, yeah, which is really... 
it is very sadistic and I used to do that as a child but now that I'm older I'm like man that's so mean I like make my sims really successful and I make them have really like healthy relationships with their family and like have a lot of kids <laughs> and big houses my sim family is perfect learn a thing or two and then like just family. they just like live with each other like I'll have like my first sims and then they'll have kids because like the times in the sims is so fast yeah it just progresses so quickly but then you realize that you you feel like you've only been playing the sims for 20 minutes but you've actually been playing the sims for four and a half hours yeah I feel that mm. way with like some Bethesda games right? like Fallout or <laughs> oh yeah I love Fallout Skyrim. oh and Skyrim I, ta I taught my one of my really good friends how to play Skyrim. And she kept hitting like the wrong guy. I was like, Emily, he's mad at you. You like, you need to punch the spider guy, not that guy. <laughs> punching the wrong Skyrim guy. But yeah. I also wonder like if we lived in the Skyrim like universe, if we would respawn or like, would we like actually die? The only PC. I always get sad because whenever, every time I play Skyrim, Alvor or the blacksmith at Riverwood, always dies for the first dragon that attacks. Always. He always goes up mm -hmm. head first with the axe and he always gets chomped on by the dragon. I'm like, dude, I need you for blacksmithing. What? Wow. <laughs> so you mentioned animation as a goal. Is there anything on the, on the horizon for you, comedy-wise? Um, is it just, just grinding it out? I'm just grinding it out and working and just trying to get my credit in line so I can make my animation stuff. And also make connections, like when I meet people at like open mics, like. Like oh look oh this is a potential person for voice acting or they might draw and like because you need so many people to make like a cartoon like it's not just one person it's a lot of people coming together right. to make this a thing and I want people to appreciate my vision and be like I want to help make that grow and be a thing because yeah. I've been talking about it for years and people are like I really want to see this cartoon someday like and be like oh, yeah I met that girl the dreams are good to keep keep you living. I've achieved a lot of my small goals, like I got a new car, and I got my own apartment, and I adopted a cat, and so there's like small goals that I had for myself. They may not seem all like a lot, but yeah. That's cool, I didn't know that you were into animation, I didn't know you had those goals. But it looks like our 430 group is here. Megan, what do you want to say to America? Hug each other more, eat bacon, and love your neighbors. Solid advice. Awesome. Solid advice. Thanks for having me, Rudy. I really no, appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for coming down. We're going to throw some more, though, guys. Be super jealous because I'm about to throw some more axes with this lovely redhead. <laughs> yes, if you want more Megan McCart, definitely go to Dillinger's Bar in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Tuesday nights is her stomping grounds. My catcher at a Colorado mic or two. She might be coming down to Blush and Blue tonight. Also, if you like tasty steaks, I work at Ribbon Shop House in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and you can request me as your server. If there's any animators or any producers, anybody looking to what the, for a new cartoon idea out there, definitely look up Megan McCart. Yeah, you can make Bomb Avengers a thing. She's got a vision. She's working towards it. She's working hard. All right, let's throw some more rest. All right. All right, thanks. My guest today was the fabulous Megan McCart. Megan! Mega Wegs, thanks for coming out, little mama. Throwing some axes, having fun with us, going down to Blush and Blue and crushing it out there in Denver and East Colfax. Guys, she needs your help. If you are into animation, if you're into voiceover, if you have any guidance to lend to the wonderful, the lovely Megan McCart, she's got a vision, she's got a dream. Help her with that dream if you can, if you're able. Otherwise, you'll catch her 
at Dillinger's Bar in Cheyenne, Wyoming, Tuesday nights, working on her craft. Might even catch her at a Colorado mic or two and get her to come down. And let's be honest, everybody loves the Denver comedy scene, right? So Comedy Fort, get your open mic up so we can let you see all these fabulous people that we're meeting in Cheyenne and Denver, Colorado Springs. Come on, Comedy Fort, we need you to catch up. Get that open mic going. So I want to thank everybody for listening to Comics and Bars Throwing Axes today. I appreciate your listenership. I do this for you guys. I try and keep you guys updated on what's going on. I try and bring you some of the up-and-coming comedians that are making an impact, making waves on the scene. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Keep it tuned here every Friday, 11 in the morning. I'm going to keep you updated on Northern Colorado Comedy News. Big, huge shout-out. Megan McCart, Cheyenne, Wyoming Comedy Scene. Dominic Syracuse is doing amazing things up there. Give him your support. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Help us get to 500. Peace. But now he's not so all alone.